We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Drafting in the underdog fantasy mitten, that is what we were talking about today. We already drafted in the gauntlet last week. For anyone who didn't check that show out, you can head back, check it out. It was last Thursday's edition of Rotoviz Overtime, but we are drafting in the mitten today. Basically the same format as the gauntlet over at Underdog Fantasy, but it is a $5 entry. The gauntlet is a $25 entry, and obviously then prizes are reflected based on the, the prize pool that that's going to generate. So there's $150,000 in prizes. 15,000 to first place with the $5 entry, as I mentioned. Sean, this is going to be a fun one. We are going to do the draft and talk through it in a little moment. But looking at it, the main difference here in terms of the overall tournament is the advancement structure. So it will be 188 person final. Two out of the six teams, so it is a six team draft, will advance to round two. One out of those six then will advance to round three. And then one out of the 10 teams advance at that point to make it to the 188 person final. So Sean, we're hoping that we'll be in that final group of 188 and we're going to have that team in a little moment. Obviously you're trying to get as many players through round one into round two and so on and so forth. Your score goes back to zero each and every time. So it is that week and as your teams are eliminated in terms of if you pick players from the Chargers and they get eliminated in the wildcard round, they are no longer available. So you have to think about the points. And then the key is obviously the Super Bowl. That will be a one-week final where you start off on zero. And if you have only one or two players in that Super Bowl, it's very unlikely that you'll go on to win it. So we did talk about it on the show when we did the gauntlet draft. I would advise to check that out for more information and advice that we did give, Sean. But what are some of your takeaways or thoughts as we approach this draft we drafted that other team a week ago what are you thinking at this point in terms of changes to teams potentially advancing to the playoffs maybe some of those wildcard teams to target that may be undervalued now based on not already being in the the playoff seating well, this is obviously a great week for the Detroit Lions. They're able to get that victory at the end against the Jets. That really juices their playoff chances. I believe they're up to 40% now. And when you look at where they're going with it, they have a great opportunity to control their own destiny by winning at Green Bay in the final week. If they should win that game, they would get up to 62%. They're two games before that. The Panthers and the Bears, very, very winnable games. I like the Lions now as 
the seven seed in the NFC, and that would feed them into this game with the Minnesota Vikings, which we just watched the Vikings have the greatest comeback in NFL history, which highlighted both their strengths and their weaknesses, right? This Vikings team, very shootout heavy in terms of what the potential would be. You get Justin Jefferson, everybody who likes to draft these very peripheral pieces for teams is going to feel even a much greater justification now that in a huge week, the first week of underdog advance for best ball mania and the huge prizes that come with that KJ Osborne, Zay Jones, those guys just played a gigantic role and someone who probably roster very rarely, but Noah Brown also having a big game there for the Cowboys. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see even more like real depth pieces drafted in that 10th round, especially right now when we don't know who the teams are going to be. But it was a huge week for the Lions, also a huge week for the Jaguars. The Jaguars jump up into a situation where it's 57-44 now with the Titans in terms of who makes it. The Jaguars still on the weaker end of that. And they have to play the Titans or they get to play the Titans at home in week 18. If you give them a win in that game, then there are a 73% chance to make the playoffs. I think now that drafting at this time, and it'll be interesting to see how quickly these contests fill. A contest like the Mitten could fill at a time period where you don't know who the teams are going to be. And so having the guts to go out there, you're not necessarily going to be competing against teams who know that say the Jaguars made it or the Lions made it. And so this is a great time to take those players. The tricky part of the Jaguars is that even with this extremely hot stretch from Zay Jones, I don't know that that necessarily locks him into being a no-brainer pick, even if you think the Jaguars are going to be in the playoffs there. But the other interesting piece here is that we now have the Chargers coming up behind the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens have a pretty easy schedule, which is one of the reasons that the computers had them above the Bengals going into last week. But now with the Bengals, with the big comeback, the Ravens, one of the most disappointing teams in week 15, the Bengals are starting to separate. It looks like a situation where they will be the three seed. That puts them on the same side, obviously, as the two seed, which is increasingly likely, or at least slightly more likely now, to be the Chiefs. So you have that potential shootout in the second round, but it also creates a dynamic where the sixth seed against the Bengals, that game could be a shootout, which I think is interesting from a Chargers perspective. If they're able to jump up and get to that slot, there's also the potential the Chargers could come in there and be the fifth seed going against say the Jaguars as the fourth seed. That would make that a really fun game, number one for us as fans. But also, I think you have to start looking at the Chargers as an advanced team. So you would get to play their guys in two rounds. That's the other thing that I think is kind of a depth option for the Lions. Again, you upset the Vikings and you play those guys for two rounds. So my take would be that right now, the two most undervalued teams in terms of, again, the contingencies that could take place and what that would mean in terms of ultimate upside one way to play these tournaments is to draft really niche players and hope to win based on that part of it. We saw that work really well just last week, as I mentioned. Some of these lower down guys hit in a, a huge way. I mean, if, if you lost the KJ Osborne in any type of format, you're like 
couldn't the Colts just have played a more normal game <laughs> and not created that environment? But my preference is instead of taking a niche player, target some of these teams that the, all of their players really jump in terms of the value if a certain scenario that's not that unlikely at this point, if that scenario plays out, you're seeing those guys really rise. We'll see how our particular draft falls, but I think that this overall format, the gauntlet, the mitten, all of it even much more exciting after a week 15 that made at least my particular favorite scenarios more likely. Yeah, and the other part to talk about is like we see even with one week and how the, the results go and your section there mentioned in the Jaguars and the Titans and the race for that division, the Titans lose a close game and overtime then the Jaguars win their game and now it's down to a situation where as you mentioned if the Jaguars win in week 18 they would be the favorites for that division regardless I'm not saying this very well but in terms of how the game goes this week if that game was week 17 they would be flipping the script there so there's a lot riding on that week 18 game but in terms of when you're drafting this how do you think that people should be weighing up the risk versus reward for the likes of the Detroit Lions for potentially the Jacksonville Jaguars and when you're looking at the win percentages of teams getting through a lot of people are going to look at the current projections for them and you mentioned this as well when we talked about the Packers where if they beat the Lions they take a significant jump in ter- or they beat the Dolphins they take a significant jump in terms of their potential playoff hopes so sometimes Rather than look at the one now, look at the scenarios that are playing out ahead. But as you mentioned there with the Jaguars, looking at those scenarios playing out ahead, how do you weigh up when the perfect time to draft is? Because if you draft now, there's a lot of things that could change, but that lets you be able to take risks. Do you think people should take more risks now when you don't know the structure, or should you be playing it safe at this point and taking some of those division winners kind of to try and get it through, or should you be risking it with hoping that some of these wildcard teams could become live? One of the things that I've discovered in doing a handful of these, and this is such an addictive format, so keep that in mind. It uh, at the five dollar level, I mean these these teams go like hotcakes. Again, I mean I think it could fill, and I think that you're going to get an edge on drafters who are not planning for certain scenarios that have huge leverage and are not that unlikely. And so, one of the things that that you and I are going to probably debate as we get into this draft is what's the the trade-off between say a chris godwin and a mike edwin evans players who don't fit that well if they're going to lose in the first week versus players like i mean keenan allen mike williams those guys are a little bit more expensive just to start with but you can go down and say well what if you're looking at the Jaguars being in and having a very winnable first game? What if you're looking at the Lions not only being in, but being in a game with the Vikings that you would expect to have this massive over-under, but also one where the Lions simply right now are the better team? Does that mean that they're going to win a playoff game on the road? I mean, obviously not. But if you get points from those guys in two weeks, one of the things that I've found really helpful, it's fairly straightforward, but really helpful is to plot out the scenario of the games that you are building your draft on. Now, one of the things that happens in these, I had a a perfect draft set where one of the things you and I kind of joked about in our previous show was that we did timeout in the middle of the draft, which when you're doing your first one with a co-manager and you have the 30 seconds is not something that 
is that unlikely. I mean, you're obviously not looking to do it. But we timed out. We took Brock Purdy. Like, well, we took him early. I mean, that is sort of annoying. But the ADP is less important than building the right scenario that's internally consistent on that team. And so getting Purdy was great. I had a draft I did a couple nights later where I had built this perfect 49ers, Bengals, both teams advancing through, have a lot of players in the Super Bowl. Just a dream, dream draft. And then at the 905, so that's the se- that's the second to last pick in round nine. I had the last pick. A team that already had two quarterbacks and didn't have a build that allowed that manager to advance past the first round took Brock Purdy as his third quarterback blocking me. And so obviously that was disappointing. But the draft element of it is cool because it does make you react to other people. You know that you can't take it for granted that you're going to be able to build your team. So you have to have the flexibility to pivot. Now my flexibility in that was just basically a dead draft because I had taken a lot of risk. I had to take Tom Brady. And even as I was taking him, I was like, I should just take Jared Goff because then you have, again, that path with the two weeks. However, <laughs> once you built that team, you're thinking, well, maybe Tom Brady could win a game. I mean, Tom, it's Tom Brady. He could win. They could defeat the Dallas Cowboys, their most likely first-round opponents. But that, again, gives you a little bit of a sense of the nuance and how you have to be ready to build your team. And if you do have a 49ers, you might want to take Purdy earlier than it seems. Now, we drafted our team before he had another good game. And so now, especially with the 49ers as probably the best team to target because you can take McCaffrey and then you can build them with some of these other guys. I mean, Purdy's going to go earlier than it seems like based on like his talent and the probable usage even in the playoffs. So those are some things to consider. Colin, we'll see what we do. And if we follow all of those guidelines, once we get into the heat of it, into the mix with some other drafters. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. So it's time to recap the draft board brought to you by WinBet. Sign up today to receive a special sports offer. Bet $100, win $100. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Sean, we joked about this on the last show. These drafts are 30-second clocks. They are six-person drafts. They go by in the blink of an eye. So we have the draft done. We're going to recap it and talk through our thoughts. We've got the 103 in this one. We had a different scenario with the late round pick or the, the back of the round draft pick in the last draft. But we have the draft here. We're going to go through the draft board. We're going to see what our thoughts are as things have started to cool off after the draft is over. 103, Sean, we get Christian McCaffrey. We do pass on Jalen Hurts there. Obviously, at the moment, the concerns right in the shoulder could last longer. We'll see what happens. Could be back this week, but um, we'll see what happens and plays out over that course. But it is Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Christian McCaffrey, then Jalen Hurts, Stefan Diggs, Travis Kelsey. We have a situation then where we take Joe Burrow at the 10th pick, the 15th pick. We pair him with Joe Mixon, Dak Prescott at the 22, Debo Samuel, Ezekiel Elliott, then Keenan Allen. So at this point of the draft, Sean, especially after those first three picks, I'm going to get the thoughts on is we go with Christian McCaffrey, who I think everyone will know why we drafted Christian McCaffrey there, but then we get Joe Burrow and then pair him with Joe Mixon. One of the questions we had at that point was, would we go with T Higgins or would we go with Joe Mixon? I I think the Joe Burrow T Higgins will be quite a common build in these teams. I was hoping that he may get back to us at that Dak Prescott pick. We do go with Joe Mixon. What's your thoughts on the, two running backs, one quarterback start after those first three rounds. Yeah, I mean, ideally you would have it spread a little bit more, but we get Burrow coming back through. He he should probably go at the 6-7. I mean, that should probably be in most drafts, Chase Burrow, because it's difficult to get the quarterback production that you need once Burrow is gone. There's a a very clear-cut top four and Burrow, the one guy out of that four that you know is playing in the first round. Now, the mitten, a little bit less of an emphasis because two of the six advance. But in order to do any of those things in the Super Bowl, you have to have a scenario where you advance right off the bat. And so you can't get crushed by your opponents in this original six-person draft. The thing that we could have done here with Mahomes and Allen being taken in the first two picks, you can probably wait for Joe Burrow into round three, take C.D. Lamb there. That would have given us the Dallas Cowboy option so as soon as you get christian mccaffrey to start you're thinking well 49ers Bengals, cowboys and then on the Bengals side of it we'll see who we can get and what scenario might allow us to have some players into the second possibly third round against the Bengals there but burrow lamb interesting we wanted to make sure we had burrow and then even though you lose lamb you're really looking at mixon higgins anyway there because you want to put those guys with burrow higgins a long shot to come back to you in round four it is possible again because once you have burrow higgins becomes less appealing to the rest of the group now not unappealing because again players who are going with this chiefs bills build anyone who's going to gamble that the Bengals are on the opposite side of their guy actually wants Higgins in that. So those are some of the things that you're considering there. The other really difficult pick here, Colin, was when Dak Prescott fell to round four. One of the things with the Hurts injury is that even though the Cowboys blew this game last week against the Jaguars, they did demonstrate plenty of competency on offense. 
CeeDee Lamb has a good game. Noah Brown has a very big game kind of as the complementary piece. We know the Jaguars' defense is very exploitable, so for the Cowboys to put up good numbers there, I mean, that part isn't necessarily a surprise. But I think that now you have a situation where the Cowboys are more likely to actually win twice and get into an NFC Championship matchup with the 49ers. So with McCaffrey there and Prescott, you've got an NFC Championship game outcome. Also, you're increasing your chance of advancing past the first round. It's a tricky decision in terms of do you want to use a second pick on a quarterback here or do you want to take the risk? Because partly what you need is your quarterback on your team that is your sort of Super Bowl foundation piece to hit all the way through and take the team to the Super Bowl and you're just going to play him each time. Having the second QB in that situation, maybe not as valuable, but this build here and with Prescott as, as a value and nobody else that we had to have. If Devontae Smith had come one more spot, we could have opened up some possibilities to go Eagles instead of Cowboys there. We would have looked at that. But when Prescott is here and the next couple of picks, I mean, just realistically not very appealing. We just talked about how the Titans could miss altogether. We go ahead and take the second quarterback there. Now that we've done the draft, and we still obviously have a few spoilers here for picks 8, 9, and 10, but how do you feel about having Prescott in there as the second QB? I think based on the ADP value, it made a lot of sense. And then the players who do go after that are Derek Henry, Devin Singletary, James Cook, and George Kittle. So I would have been interested too, potentially, if Kittle makes it back to us in that next round, we do take Debo Samuel. But I do think pairing the options later that we do as we go through those spoilers, Sean, it made sense to take Prescott at particular spot that he was going and i do like the chances of like i'm feeling that the nfc is really between the eagles and the 49ers for me but i do think there's a path to see the cowboys you know upset that party and and see how things go from there and i think what you want to do in this is have some scenarios that are likely going to be completely dead early on or else that really take the team to the super bowl so if we ended up with a Bengals versus um Bengals versus Dallas Super Bowl that's what you're hoping for here and obviously you, you can't start both quarterbacks in that situation but you would be able to start one with the surrounding pieces that would then go with it so we're kind of looking with this build for uh, a Dallas versus 49ers uh, NFC championship game and then the winner of that goes on to face the Bengals and the Super Bowl but Sean if you scroll down we'll talk about how we're expecting that maybe to happen so Keenan Allen was that seventh pick but this fifth pick was Debo Samuel Sixth pick was Ezekiel Elliott. I do think, again, and pairing running backs with the quarterback, both running backs who do catch passes could be another unique to potentially advance because I do think that the likes of the higgins Burrow stack is going to be much more commonplace. But we do then have Keenan Allen in there. We have Tyler Boyd, we have Mike Evans, and we have Noah Brown. So we add Boyd and Brown to the quarterback options, and then we also add in Mike Evans and Keenan Allen. So we have been talking on some recent shows about the Chargers possibilities of advancing through. Obviously, we think the Buccaneers are going to advance through as well. So you're getting those wildcard slots to pick in. We all also had to go with wide receivers at that point because you can start two running backs in this, but you have to start two wide receivers. And unusually for us, Sean, we had three wide receivers or three running backs, sorry, through those opening six picks that we did take. We are going to talk about some of the other teams in a moment, just in how they may have trouble on wildcard weekend. But what are your thoughts on the charge adding in you know the chargers and mike evans of the buccaneers we did talk about chris godwin who did go three picks earlier than mike evans he probably was the player that we wanted there but 
what's your thoughts on how those final four wide receivers rounded out this roster? Right. So we take Debo and that gives us the receiver with Christian McCaffrey. So we could have 49ers Bengals as our Super Bowl team. We come back and Elliott falls. And so we take him so we can have either 49ers or Cowboys. And again, 49ers and Cowboys both advancing multiple rounds is our thesis. Then we get to round seven and it's Keaton Allen. As you look through this, my understanding of it is if the Chargers went out and their remaining games are very doable, they have the Colts, the Rams, and the Broncos. We focused in our Tuesday show on how the Chargers were one of the most disappointing teams of the week last week, even though they won. But these teams are another level down from the Titans. That doesn't mean that you win out in the NFL. We just watched a game where the Chiefs gained almost 300 more yards than the Texans could have very easily lost. So the Chargers can lose any of those games. And yet they're going to be fairly solid favorites. The Ravens have games against the Falcons and the Steelers. If Kenny Pickett is back and the Steelers are 100%, that game probably a toss-up unless Lamar Jackson is really firing on all cylinders. But the real issue for the Ravens is they're at Cincinnati in the last week. And especially if there are playoff seeding implications that are important, you would expect them to not necessarily lose, but to be significant underdogs in that particular game. If the Ravens and the Chargers both go to 11 and 6 based on the scenario I just mentioned. My understanding of the tiebreakers is that the Chargers would have the advantage, and that pushes them to the five seed, where then you have that game against the Titans or the Jaguars, and they can move into a second game, and also a second game that's not against the Bengals, if the Bengals are the three seed. Now, again, because of the way the NFL recedes a little bit, you can have some different things happen there, but the main point is that Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, two guys we were looking at, we would have considered putting both of those players on this team, hoping that you get them both through, but obviously having then the optionality of either one hitting in that first week. We come back, we get Tyler Boyd. We want him so that we have a third bangle for the Super Bowl, wrap back around. And then Colin, we discussed Mike Evans versus Amon Ra St. Brown in round nine this was probably the one that we had kind of the biggest i wouldn't say argument about but when you're on the clock there with 30 seconds it is tricky and this is a trade-off between evans and well i mean you say the the buccaneers are going to be in because the panthers lose again and yet i mean both of these teams are allowing the other teams kind of back to the pack with them the Buccaneers, though, are 74% to make the playoffs. They're probably in. So we take Evans. He's going to have that game. The problem is that based on our scenario, he's going to lose in the first round. Again, Amon Ra could have won in the first round and played a second game. But really our focus is that we want to advance in the first round and then be able to play our 49ers, Cowboys, Bengals scenario. And then that factors into who we take in round 10. Colin, I'm, I'm mostly against these picks of niche players late, but man, we, we're getting caught up in the, the Brown enthusiasm after his last game, especially in this particular contest. I think that that pick makes some sense. Tell me what your thoughts were on Mike Evans. It would have been easier to pick Chris Godwin, but Mike Evans, especially in half PPR, 
he hasn't hit from a touchdown perspective, but we just watched a guy in Zay Jones score as many touchdowns this past week as he had scored in his previous 43 games combined, which is to say that there is such a thing as touchdown (laughs) randomness and luck. Mike Evans, we know a touchdown score, he gets out there and scores a couple touchdowns. He could move you along in the contest. Now that we've had a little bit of chance to kind of sit with it, Mike Evans versus Amon Ra versus maybe someone like a Zay Jones, because we are arguing that the Jaguars could be in the mix here. Yeah, I, I do think if I was ranking them, that would be Godwin, Evans, Amon Ra, and then Zay Jones for me. And that is the way the ADP falls. The reason with Mike Evans, I do think the Buccaneers are going to make it in, and I don't have full confidence that we're seeing the Lions in there. So my thought is you may get somebody for two games if they get in, but if they don't get in, you get them for zero games. So it is a little bit of a challenge. We talked about that at the start of the show about the Jaguars, for example. I also think that if you're doing this and you have the bankroll to be able to do a number of teams, I do think taking risks on Lions builds, Jaguars builds, for example, is worth it to get that leverage. But that was my thought process. And that Mike Evans also has not hit, as you mentioned there, this season. But if we have a, a game here where we get Mike Evans with two touchdowns, and it might be a case where it's just you know 60 yards to go with it. But I do think he has the upside. And with Godwin, that would be my preferred one of the Buccaneers to have. But I think some of these playoff games are going to be a coin toss as to, to who hits from the two of them. And I have been surprised at how much Mike Evans has, has struggled throughout the, the second half of this season. But we did have a little bit of a, a lively conversation, Sean, around it. But we, we got Mike Evans in the end up, and I'm, I'm hoping that works out for us. The other part, Sean, I wanted to mention is our build is split between a number of teams, both trying to progress through the weeks and also trying to have a set amount of players in the Super Bowl. There's a number of teams here who have stacked up on the Buffalo Bills, for example. The, that is the team out of the 101 has gone with Josh Allen, then Tony Pollard, Gabe Davis, Devin Singletary, James Cook, uh, and started to pair things up that way. They do add in some Cowboys with it. The team then in the fourth spot is Jalen Hurts, AJ Brown, Miles Sanders, Devontae Smith, uh, and there with Dallas Goddard. So they have also gone with some of the Miami Dolphins along with that. But I do think there's teams that may really saddle themselves down and they're betting that the team still gets through with the bye. So that's pr- pretty much a, a team that has gone for a Dolphins versus uh, Eagles Super Bowl. So they're really relying on solely the Dolphins all hitting in week one. What way do you think? How, you mentioned you've done a number of these drafts. Have you done any where you've just kind of pinpointed your two Super Bowl teams, let's say a Bengals and a 49ers, and, and decided that's that's exactly what you're going to do and bet on those teams getting the whole way through to have the most players available in the Super Bowl? Or do you prefer to go the route that we have gone here? Yeah. So if you're going to go with a bye week team, I think you probably have to just take a couple of their players like you can start Hertz Brown and then your other eight picks you have to really load up on players who are going to be dynamic in that first week it doesn't mean that you have to take teams that you necessarily think are going to advance all the way but one of the things that can work well is to pair Dolphins and Chargers now the chances for either the Dolphins or Chargers to make the Super Bowl are relatively minimal but they do have dynamic offenses they do have fantasy assets who can score points for you if one of those two teams came through then i mean you're sitting very very pretty it 
even though it's unlikely that they make the Super Bowl, the chances that they would get upsets in the first round and give you a couple of outs in round two, I think, are interesting. The question that I would have, and obviously some of the drafters who are doing this are very experienced, and so it'd be interesting to get their take, but how do you get enough points in round one is the question, even if the Dolphins really blow up. So this is a, an Eagles-Dolphins team. One of the things that is different about this contest is you're thinking about sort of team advancement as opposed to needing, say, Joe Burrow with T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. One of the things that we did here is we took Joe Mixon instead of T. Higgins because it's you're able to spread the points out a little bit more and have that still work because you need to have the positions covered and the teams covered at the same time when you're thinking about kind of putting two teams together there, you still do run into that issue of even if the, the Dolphins or the Chargers or whoever you're looking at go out and score 40 points, does that completely trickle down to enough points for the individual players to get you through the first round? I mean, maybe. I mean, one of the things that we just saw with <laughs> the Minnesota Vikings is that Cousins and Cook and Osborne and Jefferson put up a huge total. You can kind of hope that that works out that way. And it certainly isn't impossible, but I think that you're looking to find points in a way that will allow your team to advance. And so that's what I'd be looking to do with a Eagles team, definitely. I think with the Bills and the Chiefs, you can take a little bit more risk because in part you're gambling that the team that you choose will not get the buy. And it would be preferable for you if they didn't get the buy, even though obviously I mean, you could play the Miami Dolphins, for example, and you could easily lose that game. I mean, the Bills got within a whisker of getting swept by them. So you run the risk of, of losing a player, and yet it increases your chances of advancing. you got to be kind of thinking through the scenario in that light as you look at what your advancement chances really are. And so you kind of get back to our team here. And one of the things that we would want ideally for the final would be to have all the positions covered. So we have a quarterback, we have a running back, we have the two from wide receiver and tight end, and we have the flex. We actually managed to get a couple of different ways that we could play this. We could have a Burrow, Mixon, Boyd with McCaffrey and Devo Samuel Super Bowl and have all of the positions covered. We could get a Prescott, Elliott, Noah Brown team with Burrow, Mixon, and Boyd and then you would have Boyd and Brown as your two receivers in that lineup but you would have an option of either of the two quarterbacks whichever goes off in the Super Bowl that portion of it will be kind of fun obviously if it's Bengals Cowboys then Mixon would be one of the would be the running back spot and Elliott the flex you know, or vice versa and so you'd have that element of it covered. I think when you're looking at your build at the end, if you can have all the positions covered in a way that allows you a full Super Bowl team, and especially one that plays off of each other, that would be my preferred final build. Yeah, that was a good explanation. And hopefully people enjoyed listening through to that because I think it gives a good breakdown of what you're looking for throughout. It's not a case that you have to play all of them in the one lineup because of the starting lineup requirements, but you do need to have enough to get you through and then try and have an option for that in the Super Bowl as well. But that is going to do it for this edition of Rotoviz Overtime. Once again, that sign-up bonus over at Underdog Fantasy is the code Rotoviz for a 100% sign-up bonus up to $100. 
My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. My co-host, as always, is Sean Siegel. Check out all of his work up on rotoviz.com. And until we are back with the next show, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.